0: listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So how many of you are overcomers? I'm not impressed with that response. Maybe I should ask a different question. How many of you feel overcome? <laughs> I was on a plane a few days ago and um, it was actually nighttime, and the guy who sat beside me, I spoke to him, and he didn't seem like he was in the mood to talk, and that, that was fine, I was reading, and so I just kind of kept reading. And finally, when we got ready uh, to land, we got near our, our landing, he, he became quite talkative. He, he first said to me, a um, lot of emotions at this airport, this is, uh, this is where I saw my kids for the last time, my two kids. I said, is, is, "Is that right?" And he said, "Yeah, my, uh, my girlfriend uh, wanted to move to Ohio, and I didn't really want to, but I really couldn't stop her, and so I, you know, I brought them to the airport, put them on the plane here, and that was the last time I saw them. That was about six months ago. And he said, I a month later moved to Ohio myself, but I realized I wasn't wanted there. She actually moved there to be with somebody else, and I didn't know it, and I actually didn't get to see my kids those last five months that I was there. I couldn't get work either, so I decided that I would be better off if I just came back here. Uh, I got some friends in construction, and I'm a painter, and I I think maybe I can get some work here. That's what I'm counting on. I said, do you have somewhere to stay? And he goes, not really. Kind of wish it was uh, morning instead of nighttime. He said, but I I got some friends to call. I think something will work out. I told him that I would pray for him and he said he sure appreciated me praying for him. In the conversation, I I was reminded again that, that there's a lot of people in this world who are going through some pretty hard, tough, deep stuff. And it seemed to me that he was counting on some old friends in the construction business and he was counting on a few friends for a place to stay To help him make it through. It seems like to me that's what he was banking on. That's what he was depending on. That's what he was hoping would work out. And so while maybe his story is a bit different from your story and my story. In some ways and other ways they're similar. Because I believe that all of us are counting on something. Or someone. To help us make it through in life. So you might say, Rick, what, what, what do you mean when you say that we're counting on something or someone to help us make it through in life? Well, I made a list. I thought this might be helpful. I think I think there's people that I meet who just say, you know, it's about hard work. You know, for Rick, me, Rick, it's just a matter of saying, uh, when I get in a pinch, when I get in a bind, when I get in a tight spot, I've got a good, strong work ethic. I've always had a good, strong work ethic. I just think Nobody else is going to get me out of this mess. I've got to work my way out of it myself. I think you just put your head down and you go at it and you get yourself through it. I, I think other people would say, well, for me it's been my intellect. Um, I'm, I'm a good thinker. And, and, and when I get myself in a tough place, I just say to myself, you know what? I've got to figure it out. It, it may take me some time, but eventually I'm going to get it figured out. And so that's what I kind of count on. That's what I depend on. And, uh, and usually, I do a pretty good job with it. I wonder how many people in the room would say, that, that's not me. When, when I get in a tight spot, I just depend on my good looks. How many of you would say that? That's, that's what I'm counting on. I just, I'm good looking enough that I can just kind of woo people and they just kind of gather around me. And I just kind of let them bail me out, you know. Anybody in the room saying, I don't know about anybody else, but I know what I'm counting on to get me through. I'm counting on the government. It's either the Democrats or the Republicans that's going to bail me out. Did you not get your stimulus check this week? And, and how many of you are saying, you know, maybe I appreciate the stimulus check, but it's going to take more than a $600 check to, break, to fix what is broken in this nation of ours. I'm not counting on the government to get me through. I, I do think there are other temptations. I think money is a temptation, you know. I think that we sometimes find ourselves just kind of counting on the old greenback. You know, I've I've made enough money. I've saved enough money, pastor. When I find myself in a bind, I've realized that money goes a long way. Anybody counting on friends? Anybody saying, you know what, I just... (laughs) For for me, I just kind of turn to friends and as grateful as I am for friends and as thankful as I am for friends, I'm just going to confess to you today that there are times I find myself in situations where my friends aren't able to pull me through, you know, say so what are you, what are you trying to say to us here? I, I, I just think that when, when we find ourselves counting on things like money, I think what often happens to us is that we, we, we gain this false independence, um, we begin to think that I can just kind of get my way through on my own, you know. Do you remember the prayer that uh, we find in Proverbs 30? It says, God, give me neither poverty nor riches. You like that prayer? You want to pray that prayer with me right now? Lord, don't make me poor, but whatever you do, please don't make me rich. And he says, the reason I don't want you to let me become poor is because I might steal and dishonor your name. But if you give me too much... I may become haughty and depend on myself. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say today, okay? All of us, all of us. There are no exceptions in this room. There's no exceptions for anyone watching online. All of us place our trust in something or someone to help get us through in life. Now you might, you might say, okay, I'm, I see the statement that you put on the screen. I, I don't particularly like that. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It's still true. No matter who you are, no matter your circumstance, this is universally true. We are all placing our trust in something or someone to help us get through in life. And so whether it's a hard work ethic or whether it's intellect or whether it's government or whether it's friends or whether it's money, we're all trusting in someone or something. See, I, I believe that I'm looking into the eyes of a handful of people or a lot of people who would say, Hey, Rick, I'm not trusting in my money. I'm not trusting in my you know, intellect. I'm sure not trusting in my good looks. I'm not trusting in the government. I'm not trusting in, in those things. I, I have put my trust in God. And, and that's how I get through in life. So in this passage of Scripture that was just read to you so beautifully... This is the question Paul is dealing with. He is having to answer the same question. He is having to say, So, when I really get in a bind, when I find myself in a tough situation, who am I depending on? What am I trusting in? Who am I counting on to help bring me through in life? I think we ought to just spend a little time this morning talking about the fact that we all place our trust in someone or something to help us get through in life. Ned and I got to spend a little time uh, just uh, a while back with some old friends. We hadn't hadn't seen them in quite a while, and it was really good to get to see them again. Uh, We got to spend some time, and we got to talk, and in the conversation I remembered a daughter that... uh, that they had that was a teenager in the days that, that we knew them. And uh, she had made some poor decisions, and, and they had spent a lot of energy trying to help her and trying to lead her and guide her, but it seemed like nothing, nothing was really, really working. And so I just said in the midst of the conversation, hey, I just wanted to ask how she's, how she's doing. Haven't heard much for a while, and their faces kind of dropped down to the table and their heads began to shake and he said to me, he said, You know, I, I felt that by now she would have been making better choices. I, I over the years kind of believed that 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 eventually she would kind of come through a lot of a lot of that struggle that she had lived with, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And then he said something that really that really hurt. He said, he said, I just I just can't imagine at this point, a good ending to her story. And as we talk more, he kind of got into this place of, for a long time we tried to fix it, for a long time we tried to bail her out, for a long time we tried to, to buy her way, you know, into a better life, for a long time we tried coaching and we prayed and we, we did everything we knew to do. He says, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm just tired and I don't have any more energy to spend and I've also come to the point of believing that I can't fix it anyway. Now that's his story. Let me tell you another story. I mentioned it last week. It's the story of the Apostle Paul. Planting a church in a city called Corinth. And then he leaves Corinth after a year and a half there. When he's been gone for a while, he learns that they're not doing well in Corinth. There's some real division in the church. So he writes the letter called First Corinthians to try to fix what's broken over in Corinth. It wasn't well received. He said, well, I I just need to go. If I just go and get in front of them, I think I can talk them through this and we can work this out. He went, but it wasn't a good visit. He later refers to it as a painful visit. It didn't go so well. And afterwards, a few of them began to apologize. And they say, we want to reconcile with you, Paul. We, We struggled with the fact that you have had some physical suffering in your life. We struggle with the fact that you've gone through a lot of persecution. We struggle with the fact that you're poor. We struggle with the fact that you're not a very eloquent speaker. We've kind of wanted maybe a, a better, shinier leader to lead us. But, but we're sorry and we want to make up. And so he writes 2 Corinthians kind of trying to uh, reconcile and then to call those who haven't yet apologized to come around as well. Let's all get back together here. That's what the book is about. His opponent saw his suffering as, his persecution as weak. Maybe even it should disqualify him from ministry. And how does Paul respond? He doesn't back away. Because in the mind of Paul, Jesus suffered and then he died on the cross and then he was raised from the dead. And he said, I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to work for the rest of us. I think suffering is going to be a part of following Jesus. I think there's going to be a cross. And I think one day we're going to experience resurrection. And so instead of Paul backing off and saying, oh no, I'm not, I'm not suffering that much. He actually calls attention to it by saying, you remember what happened to me in Asia? Let, let, let me show you the verse again. You heard it a minute ago. But he said, it was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we had been sentenced to death row. That it was all but over for us. Now now do you remember what happened in Asia? Do you remember that story? You remember how bad it got? You remember how he almost lost his life? And you may be saying, actually, Rick, I don't remember that story. Why don't you why don't you tell us what happened in Asia? I I, I can't. What do you mean you can't? I mean I, I can't tell you the story. Well, why can't you tell us the story? Because I don't know the story. Nobody knows the story. And anybody who tells you they know the story is speculating. Because in all of Scripture, it's never really explained. All we know is that it got really bad for Paul in Asia Minor. In fact, it got so bad that he didn't think he was going to make it through. That's his story. You've heard my friend's story, and you've heard Paul's story. So let's take a minute to think about your story. let's think about the times in your life when you didn't know what to do when you became so tired and so weary and you came to a place that you said I I just can't fix it I don't I don't know what to do you say Rick why, why is it important for you to talk to us today About the fact that we all place our trust in someone or something to help us make it through in life. Here's why it's important. The same reason it was for Paul. Because life can become so difficult that we begin to wonder how we are ever going to make it through. And in those times, you know what we do? We turn to somebody or we turn to something to help us. Life can just get so tough that we just begin to wonder, are we going to make it? It's a, it's a person that you love that you can't fix. It's a financial situation that you can't overcome. It's a sickness that won't go away. It's a marriage that's broken, and you don't know how to mend it. It's anxiety that you can't seem to calm. And that's where you find yourself living. I. I get up some days and um uh, and I think to myself it it feels like to me that the world that I used to know is gone the the world changed and And there are other days that I get up and I just feel like everything seems to be out of control. And I find myself just kind of wondering some days, we're going to be okay, right? (laughs) We're going to make it, aren't we? And what's it going to look like as we come through this? Once in a while I'll have a conversation with a, with a friend or person who attends the church. And and it's a conversation that's been repeated many times. And the conversation, um, it, it goes something like this. You, you know, I, I used to think that I, I really depended on God. Or I, I used to think that, that I was a person of prayer or... I used to think that I was a person who, who really searched the Scriptures, or I used to think that I was a person when a song was sung, like maybe a song we've heard this morning. I, I really connected with it, but, but I, was, I was fooling myself. I was confused, because what happened to us, we went through a life-altering crisis, And man, when we went through that life-altering crisis, let me tell you something. I realized I'd never really fully trusted in God before. And I had never really known what it was like to just desperately dig into the Scriptures. Or to pray it out to God, you know, from from the deepest parts of me. Or to connect with a song. But, but when we went through this life, altering experience, I want to tell you something. Everything changed with me and God. So, so here's, what, here's what Paul says. I'll remind you of these words as well. He says, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Well, what was the best thing that could have happened? He said, when we came to that place where we thought we weren't going to make it, It was actually one of the best things that ever happened to us. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits, or hard work ethic, or good looks, or intellect, or money, or the government, or friends, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. It's like we came to the very end of ourselves and to the very end of everything else and we had nowhere else to turn but to God. So, so let me just ask you, what if, what if desperation sometimes actually becomes a blessing to us in disguise? Because it brings us to a place that says, I've, I've been putting my confidence in the wrong stuff, and in the wrong person. And I've been putting my trust in the wrong person. I've been depending. I've been counting on the wrong things. And finally, out of desperation, we just turn to God. God. And so, so last week I challenged you. What, what if the first step, what if the first step in being an overcomer is coming to this place in our life that we become very aware, not only in our heads, but in our hearts, that God comes alongside us when we go through hard times and He comforts us. If that's the first step, then what if the second step is simply this? And that is we overcome when we totally place our trust in God. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln said there are times when I'm driven to my knees because there is nowhere else to turn and so I think we we have this category in our lives that we just need to start putting things in and the category is simply this I can't but God can. I can't fix this person that I love. But God can. I can't fix the situation that I'm in. But God can. I can't change the things around me. But God can. I can't raise that much money. But God can. I can't overcome this grief that I'm going through, but God can bring me through. I thought I might get an amen out of this section here somewhere. God can bring us through. So, I think it's leaving us here. I was, I was singing a song just the other day, and and I think maybe for the first time in. All these years that I've been singing this song, I think maybe the words actually registered. The words say, Let go, my soul, and trust in him. You ready for this? The wind and waves still know his name. <laughs> Just let go, my soul. Trust him. The wind and wave. He has all kinds of power and and Paul finally says and that's not a bad idea to get to a place in your life where you've got nowhere else to turn because Paul said after all he's the one who raises people from the dead he can do anything he can work in your situation in your life i i i love what he what he does and and i think that maybe Paul wasn't 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 necessarily trying to show his cards i i don't think if he really realized when he wrote these words, what he was really saying to us about himself, I think he was really trying to say what he said. He was saying to those people in Corinth, hey, you've had a share in my deliverance because you prayed for me. But you know what he was really saying? He was really saying, I believe in the power of prayer. He was really saying, I believe when we pray, God hears us. And when he said, I I'm thankful that you had a part in this because you prayed for me and that was part of my deliverance. God heard your prayers. He was saying, I depend on God because I believe that prayer makes a difference. I believe in the power of prayer. And so if you say to me, Rick, how do I get to this place where I begin to totally trust in God? I think the first step maybe you take is by praying about it. And so I know that we're in this very, very unique season I understand that, and we've been really careful about saying come to the altar, but uh, Michaela's going to come out, and she's going to sing a song, and I love the song. I've come to just love the song, and it may be that during the song somewhere, you want to come and pray. It's not one of those days where I could say, just come and gather around those who have come to pray. In fact, it's one of those things where I'd say, "I, I don't think we should do that today. If you come as a family, that's okay. Or if you come and pray with a family member, that's okay. But otherwise, I think we would just try to respect people's distance. Here's what Paul says at the very end. And he did it. (laughs) We prayed and God did it. What did he do? He rescued us from certain doom. And you know what else Paul says? He will do it again rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing because that's the God that we serve and that's what he does so open your heart in these next few moments as Michaela reminds us that we serve a God who rescues us and if at some point during her song you're living with a situation where you're saying I can't but I know God can And you want to come and put that on the altar, I invite you to do that. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.